Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. As always, this is your host, Tom. I'm excited to bring you this episode. It is a nice change of pace from the previous 36. Today, I invited one of my listeners on, actually. His name is Elize. He's a longtime listener to the show and very active member of the Discord, participates in events and Uh, always chats people up and answers questions whenever they come up and he's able to offer something good. So I knew that he would be a good addition to the guest list here on the show. I'm looking forward to continuing to try new things and mix things up to keep the show fresh and interesting. I think this is a good start in this and a nice way to have an interesting conversation with somebody around my skill level that is wanting to improve as opposed to somebody that is already mega good and looking back something just a little bit different i think that you will enjoy the show so enough of me blabbering on make sure that you listen to the end to answer his question and maybe even continue to think about last week's question uh, from king ranny join the discord hit me up on twitter do something to talk beyond the podcast would love to hear from you anyways allies here we go episode 37 let's roll the show Elias, thank you so much for this. Uh, I I would say a little bit of an experiment here on the Infinite Boost podcast. Thank you for uh, taking part in it. Hey, how's it going, Tom? Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited about this. I I am excited as well. So just uh, and I might have I'm probably said something about this in the intro, but you have been uh, a long time listener first. A true listener turn guest, so thank you for that. Just a long-time listener, very active in the Discord. So uh, I was thinking to myself, who is going to be the next person? Who should I have on the show? And for whatever reason, uh, you popped into my brain, um, and I, I just thought it would be a, a really good time. So thank you for joining me and sharing that enthusiasm and not breaking my heart. Uh, but why don't you... Um, Tell everybody in Infinite Boost tradition, I need to stop saying that because now it's turning into a tradition for me to say it's a tradition, but tell tell everybody a little bit about your Rocket League history. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I love taking part in the Discord. There's so much, just so much fun conversation to be had. And just, it's always fun when you get into like little debates about different uh, mechanics or just mindsets towards the game because there's so many interesting ways to kind of look at the game. But anyway, to I didn't back up, pay him to say any of that. Pardon me? I didn't pay you to say any of that. No, no, you player. didn't pay me any of that. I just really like talking about the game, so I'm super excited and will stutter over my words. Um, but yeah, so I guess I picked up Rocket League at the beginning of, I want to say, Season 2. Um, so it would have been Christmas, or maybe at the end of Season 1 even, uh, Christmas of 2016. And before that, I played a number of games mainly league of legends but as soon as i picked up rocket league i saw this i saw some some league of legends players and they were playing this game with cars and soccer um i had played soccer forever so like i i want to try this this looks like something that i want to do and so i got the game and like instantly just kind of started playing it a lot um (laughs) throughout that time um I guess basically I've been playing consistently since that point. And at this point I've played up to 
I played a pretty consistent champ two level at this point, and the highest I've hit is champ three, uh, just in terms of rank. But uh, I how think... deep into champ three have you gotten? Just for my own clarity, <sighs> I want to say probably not much more than like fourteen twenty. Okay. I played for quite a while. Um, when I was at university, how many I actually, hours do you have? I've got over thirty five hundred. Okay. So that's about where I am. Yeah, that's in the upper echelon of it. I played with my school's CRL team. Um, that being, I guess, technically it was playing with the open ladder, but that was a really fun experience. Just getting to work with the guys. Um, I was the lowest level, lowest rated player on the main roster, but we had a sub who was a little lower, and that was really cool. Getting to play with. Uh, teammates one of which who was a pretty high gc and another one who was like a 1900 gc baffling to play wait so there was level. a pretty high gc and then there was a 1900 gc i would say 1900 is pretty high so there was, was well, like high? okay medium high 1600 and then there was the 1900 who was okay insane. so 19 and then okay cool um and that was really cool and i also picked up uh some rocket league coaching as well over the last year uh year and a half give or so so i've had a lot of fun working with people um just kind of talking about the game going over replays talking about different ways to look at the game and i don't know just learning a lot throughout the uh through playing how long have you been like in the mmr range that you're in right now better part of a year probably year and a bit Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not positive. No, no. I mean, that's, that's honestly, <laughs> for me has been the same thing. Like I, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, like I, well, in a video that I posted recently, I've been around champ two and I'm currently diamond three, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> nothing against diamond players, but I'm, it, it could be anyways, I, anyways, uh, <laughs> I've been around the same MMR level since about September of 2018. Like it's been almost two years for me. So uh, that's become extremely apparent to me. So when you say that you've been around the same area for about a year, like how do you, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you look at the game as a whole? Is it something that you want to be progressing at, at a consistent basis or you're satisfied where you're at? Like, how do you feel about things? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a really good question, and I'm hoping it doesn't turn into too much of a rant. But um, that's what we're here to do. That's also you take true. your time. But I finished up uh, university just last, like I guess, literally a year ago at this point. And while I was at school, I had gigabit internet, and that's when I started to push up more into the C3 level. Uh, since then, I've act- I've moved back home. I've got a job back in my home area, likely, uh, thankfully, in my field, which is really awesome. Oh, that's and awesome! Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and so living back home, we, we live uh, very much like small town, um, Eastern Canada. Uh, so when I say small town, like we're also like a farmhouse outside of the town. And so our internet connection isn't always great. Um, mm. And as a result, I've had various bouts um, since I've been home with just fighting with the internet connection to keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. And as a result of frustration with internet, I truthfully for the last since or last half year at least, I haven't been grinding ranked as seriously or as hard as 
I could, uh, as I potentially could have, um, just mm-hmm. because I, re- I would rather have fun with the game than get frustrated with it. Um, sure. And so lately my internet's actually been getting better for, I don't, I don't really know any reason, but I'm happy about it. So I'm not going to complain. And I've kind of told myself that I want to start putting more time, putting more time into bettering my rank and working in, uh, working in training and spending time actually grinding the ladder. Um, yeah. To push for that at least consistent GC3, sorry, by the end of the season. And I don't think GC is out of my reach for the end of the season, depending how long the season goes, but I would like to put more effort towards that, I think, as where I'm at in terms of rank or my mindset. So when you, when you say like, grinding ranked or grinding the ladder to get better i guess are you are you somebody that practices on a consistent basis like if you were gonna hunker down and really try your best to improve what do you think your process would be for that i think my main process for that would be to make sure that i get uh like making sure that when i'm playing i'm feeling good that would include making sure that I've gotten enough sleep, which sadly I don't do as much as I probably should. Um, and making sure that I would like do a good warm up before playing. And that could be anything from um, workshop maps, spending time in free play or some custom training maps that I like to spend a lot of time on. Um, and those, I have some things that I always kind of come back to and I'd love to talk about that. Um, but also, I'll kind of pick what I'm doing based on what mode I te- or what game mode I choose to play on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I guess in terms of like putting the hard grind to it and focus on it is playing while I'm playing well. And if I like, if I start losing and setting myself, um, seeing that I'm losing like three games, two to three games in a row, that I just stop playing ranked for that time and just keep on the positive MMR. I think one thing mm-hmm. that's really well, there are two things that I find can really get you held up when you're trying to push for that higher rank. And those are thinking, Oh, if I just play more games, I will get better. Um, which can be true in like the super long run, but also results in sometimes playing past the point where you're really taking in new information and learning and just turning into a bit of a like, mindless rocket league robot and i find that's the point when i reach that point is when i start to lose more games and then you start to find yourself down and the next time you play you're now starting at a deficit if that makes some sense sure um and then the second thing was oh yeah when you and this has happened to me so many times and i think it comes back to one of sunless's videos uh, where he talks about kind of the natural process for improving in Rocket League, where you go from, long story short, oh, being cycle. bad to being better to being good to then being bad again. Um, the suck. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that is another thing that I've definitely found myself in, where... Um, for example, even like a month ago, I was spending time like every day before I started to play, 
I would do a run through of the dribble challenge. Uh, and that takes me six hours. That would be <laughs> my whole day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I can usually, I think my best time is about 11 and a half minutes. Nice. And I can consistently sit down and do it in under 15, I'd say. Um, depending on my level of warm up. And then I'll also spend, and also spending some time in some form of aerial con- car control map, whether that's usually one of the speed jump trials maps or a speed jump ring, uh, partially just because I find those are fantastic for just loosening up your fingers and getting con- like comfortable with both your control in the air and your recoveries. Because um, I find that just randomly air rolling just helps me recover better when I get into the game. Uh, mm. So I was doing those like every day before playing and like a week after starting that, I was finding myself just pretty easily flowing up to high C2, like getting right by the C3. And then I was feeling good. So I'm like, oh, I don't need to warm up as much anymore. I'm good now. And then a week after that, I'm falling back down because, I mean, you're not keeping the consistency, right? Um, There is definitely something I feel to warming up like as i'm thinking about it right now in my own personal experience spending a half an hour 45 minutes in free play just chasing around the ball as fast as i can hitting it following it trying to get you know quality touches that turn into more quality touches or just you know warming up my eyes and my thought process and reading the ball when i move into the game you know i've i've already warmed up those thinking muscles it's almost more that I've prepared myself mentally for the game as opposed to like not necessarily needing to prepare myself physically in terms of like, you know, warming up my hands or things of that nature, but just mentally like, okay, the ball's bouncing here. That means I have a chance to go to this place to get to it before this person helps me in terms of a warm up more than the physical side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. One of the things in training that I think I like for sure do not do enough of is jumping into aerial training packs, which I know a lot of people have mixed opinions about whether they're good, whether they're bad, whether you should do them, how much time you should spend in them, all that kind of general stuff. But I find that one of the biggest differences between people even like between like a champ one and a champ three is that they might go for the same aerial, but when the champ one's going for that aerial, he's probably feathering his boost, where champ three is holding that button down and getting to that ball. Um, And I find even just spending 10, 15 minutes in a pack and practicing some either just little redirects or uh, high aerials gets me in that mindset where if I then jump into a threes game, I'm holding down the boost and I'm confident. And I find that's huge. And you jump a half a second to a second earlier, too. Yeah. Which makes a big difference. Being ready for that is huge. Yeah. Um, I I think, uh, you know, I, I've, I have some friends that are GC. And one thing that I've noticed recently for myself when playing with them is that when I'm trying to figure out the next place to go, they're already going for the ball. 
Like they, they're just faster to make decisions. They're in the right place more consistently and they can go after the ball faster than I can. They can make an attempt on the ball sooner because I have to be more comfortable or situate myself better to go after it. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. Um, and then when they get there, they actually hit the ball better. So when you say like practicing aerial training, uh, and, and there are tons, like even the ultimate warm-up pack, like if you can't go into the ultimate warm-up pack and hit that, have you ever done that training pack? I believe I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a really good one. If you can't go into that one and hit that first shot, like three or four times in a row, the same way with a nice solid touch towards the net or towards a corner or even intentionally hitting it where you mean to hit it, then there's nothing wrong with you practicing aerial training packs. If you can't hit even like the beginner tutorial train, uh, training one that psionics built into the game before custom training was a thing. If you can't hit those on a consistent basis, every single time, there's no issue with you practicing that. Because if you can't hit it consistently in that controlled environment, who in the right mind is going to think that you can do it in a game? Like, yeah. it, it just doesn't correlate. Yeah, that's 100% true. Um, so tell me tell me a little bit about your game. Because you've been champ two for a year. And of course, like you said, you haven't necessarily been grinding or working on your game. You've just been wanting to have fun and believe me i think over the past month and a half i have been telling myself that i need to focus on that as well uh, i've been a little frustrated with myself in the game to be completely transparent for almost this entire time during uh the quarantine um coincidentally enough but i've been you know really yeah. trying to go back and look at the game differently so uh, looking at your game specifically as a champ to which I think in terms of the listenership is certainly more relatable than some of the higher GCs that I've had on the show. Like what, what would you say are your weaknesses? Okay. Um, so I would say that my weaknesses are basically that I tend to be too defensive. Like, I tend to not be as aggressive as I need to, as I could be. Um, when I first started the game, I played a lot of one v ones. I I just love the, um, just the chess match that you run into in a one v one kind of scenario, where all you have to do is watch what the other person's doing and know what try to figure out what they're thinking faster than they know what they're thinking, and you can score. As mm -hmm. a result. I played a lot of 1v1s uh, in my early seasons to the point that I, uh, in season, I think it was season two that they gave the wheels. Um, my highest rank was actually in 1v1. I, I was rising star in 1v1 and challenger elite or whatever it was in twos and threes. Um, as a result, I'm a very grounded, safe player. Right? That's where I was trying to move. Uh, that's where I was going with that. And so I tend to play a very rotation focused very rotation focused grounded game where i avoid taking unnecessary risks i suppose 
Um, as a result, uh, also I was talking about the dribble challenge. I uh, might I tend to focus on flicks and that kind of thing. Meaning, since I spent so much time on that, I tend to be slow to go up in the air or hesitant to challenge, especially in twos. Uh, even if my teammate gets a really good pass, if I'm not sure that the, t- the opponent's not going to go for it, I probably don't, even though 95% of the time I'm probably faster. Like, I'm probably fast enough to get there. I just don't. And I think I tend to give up more opportunities than I ne- than I need to in that regard. Give up opportunities, meaning you don't go for them. Meaning I don't take the opportunities, correct. Yeah. yeah. What is your main, what would you say is your main game mode right now? Probably twos. Okay. Yeah. Um, doing a lot of twos, moving towards threes. And uh, the main reason I had slowed down on ones is that my, my internet was inconsistent and when you have inconsistent internet the worst mode you can possibly play is ones and i'd say the second worst is rumble um just because ones is so consistency focused that if you legitimately cannot be consistent because you can't control your car you're you're kind of toast um yeah and similarly with rumble when there's a fist coming out of the ball out of nowhere you can't hit it when the fists already hit the ball by the time you see it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I play a lot of twos and I like, I like twos because it gives me space on the ground to be able to carry the ball, go for flicks and do that kind of thing where threes forces you to, I find jump in the, like go for a lot more aerials and fly a lot more, um, which I like doing, but it then means that I'm not on the ground safe, which is scary. I uh, so part of this whole adventure of mixing up the podcast one thing I decided to do was ask Elize for some replays uh which you uh sent me and I looked over um and again I mean we're right around the same MMR level uh I think that you play a little bit more consistently than I do so your rank is higher than mine um but I did my best to try and like find a few things that I would look as like areas for improvement. Um, okay. Sweet. And one of the, one of the biggest things that I found was that, well, one thing that I was impressed with was your decision-making and like your ones, like you saying that you play defensively, you played ones, uh, one thing that Randy said on last week's episode is that ones really teaches you risk management. And I feel like you did a really good job most of the time uh, of rotating out of a play when there wasn't any threat and you didn't necessarily need to make a challenge on the ball. Like you would drive at the opponent and make them make a decision, but you would not take your car off the ground. So you weren't necessarily taking yourself out of the play. And you still had full control of your car, uh, which was very, which, which is good. And a lot of champ ones, diamond threes, and probably even champ twos do not do very well. Um, I think one of the things that I noticed that really got in your way the most was 
when you would try and make a challenge in the air, which is funny that you said this already, um, it wasn't that you weren't confident, but it was extremely late, yep. which kind of goes back to my comment earlier about GCs. Like once the ball is up, they're also up. Like my friend, that's probably the best friend uh, that I play with in, in terms of Rocket League skill. Like when somebody puts the ball in the air and he has the feeling that it's his time to go, he goes like it's instant. Um, and even with you, there was like a hesitation on top of a hesitation where you would wait and then you would, I could sense you trying to get a feel of like, is anybody going? And then once you felt confident that nobody was going, you would still wait some more and then decide to go. Yeah. So like those, those challenges were late and you would usually get beat to those and then you would be out of the play. So it yeah. was when coming to the air. Um, and I think that it, I mean, I am similar in that and my challenges in the air are slow or they can be very slow. Yeah, for sure. I, as I was mentioning, that's something that I'm kind of working towards. It also depends how much i know that the games that i sent you were some threes games um and it depends how much threes i've been playing because in at least in twos you can well you can avoid going up some more whereas threes like it there's a lot more oh i can throw myself at the ball because i have two team like my two teammates will be back um but yeah so i'm trying to spend more time in some aerial maps and just spending time um going for those balls and actively thinking, ah, what's the worst case if I throw myself at this ball? Right. And I think it's also, I've been thinking a lot more about rotational stuff, spacing, like how to play with other people in terms of threes. Like one thing that I notice for myself is that I get stuck under, I don't necessarily get stuck under the ball, but I feel like I'm rotating, but my spacing, especially for like a GC or like high champ three game when I'm playing unranked or even ranked with my friends, like my spacing isn't good. So I'm like, I'm stationary and you think you're in a good spot, but when you're stationary, the one thing that you don't have that any other C3 or GC will have is momentum. I'm finding momentum to be a huge thing where I, I lack right now. Uh, because I, if you are in motion and using your boost, you're able to go a lot faster and challenge something better than if you have no momentum. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes so much sense. Momentum transfer is so important. And one of the things that I find, I don't, I don't know if you would have noticed it looking through my games, but I put a really big emphasis on rotating wide. Um, yes. I go very wide. I like to make it cl- like use nonverbal car language uh, mm-hmm. to give as much sh- tell to my teammates that it's their turn for the ball. I don't need it right now. And to take open space while also giving myself the opportunity, like the chance to see as much of the field as possible. And it also mm-hmm. allows me 
uh, one thing you can do if you rotate wide is you can be moving faster um, and still get to pretty much anything where yeah. if you're rotating uh, closer, you're more likely to have to slow down or change. Like it gives you less options. Um, so in terms of uh, just momentum transfer, I find that wide rotation helps a lot, but I definitely agree that trying to keep your momentum up, even just when you're coming into net, taking a wider line to get the extra boost, the small boost pad um, on your way out to come up and give yourself the option of either going up on the wall or into the back of the net, as opposed to coming in quickly to the back of the net, stopping, and then needing to use 25 boost to get back up to speed. Yeah. And it's... This is a, this is a, actually a really interesting conversation because there are other pieces and and you saying that make me think about other things because another there are so many I'm going to use the term like soft skills that go into Rocket League um and on top of that just very uh finesse like things to think about uh I think wide rotations are really good because it does allow you to stay in supersonic. It allows you to get some of those boost pads uh, so that you're not always rotating all the way back to get your back corner booster all the way to the side to get the side boost. It allows you to take on more of the field, but then the intricacies that go along with that, that are the difference between you know, like a diamond three or a champ one or I, and I would say rotations as I am like right now where I'm at, the games don't feel, I mean, I would say that right now diamond three is a a little bit more unpredictable than like high champ one games, which kind of surprises me, but the big difference and again, something that I even noticed in your replays and something that I've been working on is just being able to read the field and read the plays in terms of what I can get away with based on what's happening. And again, you said that you were a conservative player and I was thinking to myself, he's being pretty conservative right here. Like, and of course, I'm just watching the replay. I'm not actually playing the game, right? So it's easy for me to say that. And at the same time, there are certain situations in which you can keep space, but it's more of an aggressive space as opposed to a conservative space so that you can create that momentum for yourself quickly and uh, allow yourself to make a stronger attempt on a ball than if you're completely stagnant and making that attempt on the ball. Or, you know, if you're conservative and you're too far away and you still try to make that attempt, then you miss completely or it's not as advantageous as it would be if you were closer. Does all that make sense? Yeah, I agree with that. Especially, like, one thing that I've often thought to myself in terms of once again the wide rotation is that the wide rotation is technically taking a slower line like if your goal is to go from your current position to being in net 
the the obvious answer is oh i should take the straight line between here and the net because that is the shortest path that will get me to my destination as soon as possible mm-hmm. but and so like because that's the shortest possible that makes it the fastest option it must be the fastest if i want to play fast i might i need to do that but with the on the topic of all of um momentum conservation and that kind of thing taking a wider line where you can go over pads and keep your momentum and let the play develop to the point that when you get to the back to the goal you already know what your next step is Mm -hmm. becomes faster because you don't have to use that boost to get to speed and you can use yes um you can get to that ball faster uh well and like you you give yourself options to choose the car communication is critical as well yeah i definitely agree with that how how often do you play with friends and how often do you solo queue that depends um honestly i find that if i'm if i'm feeling good and i want to play ranked i don't go to the i don't go so far as to wait for a friend to get on or anything like that. I'm perfectly happy solo queuing, and I find that solo queuing is just a really good way to work on awareness because it forces you to have to look, to have to adjust to your teammates, and to learn the way, like learn to read the play. Where if you always play with the same people, they'll always do the same things, and then you can get yourself stuck into having expectations like you can have other people cover up your mistakes because they just already do it or um you can run into different parts of your game that or the game could i don't um the way that the game plays out will be completely different because uh if you're used to each other you can start to amplify your advantages and Sometimes you can amplify disadvantages, but sometimes you can work against that. Long story short, I find that uh, playing in solo queue is a really good way to kind of learn how to play um, and learn to read the game, but playing with friends can tend to be more fun. What I usually tend to do is um, I, I just jump in. If I see people in a voice call, I will jump in, join them, and kind of figure out the game from there. And sometimes we do ranked, sometimes we do casual, sometimes we do in-house games are honestly the most fun thing. I love Spike Rush. <laughs> um, <laughs> but hopefully that kind of answers the question. There's a little bit of rambling in there. but I guess when it comes to, I mean, there there certainly was an answer. But specifically, like when you are wanting to play competitive, when you're wanting to rank up is your goal to be playing with friends is your are you satisfied with solo queuing like what do you have a preference at all it like if my friends are on and i see them there and they're around i will prefer i will choose to play with my friends instead of going to solo queue but i think the first priority i give is whether or not i'm feeling good and whether or not i i think it's a good day to do that um because especially on a, in a team game like Rocket, while Rocket League is a team game, with three people, only three people on a team, if I'm feeling good, I'm confident that I can help the team 
I can do what I need to do to help the team win, whether I'm playing with friends or I'm playing with random people. And I make an effort with through my nonverbal car language to help teammates, whether they're uh, friends or solo queue teammates, uh, know what I'm trying to do. So, and then to pay attention to what they're doing to try to help them do what they're trying to do, I guess. So you'll even go on like a, a day by day basis. If you're not feeling it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Something like that. Interesting. I'm just more of a YOLO kind of guy. I mean, I don't, I don't mind (laughs) unranked at all. Like it's fine. Um, and I know, I guess the, the older, the older and crabbier I get, the less I care about my rank. And so I will, I know that people aren't going to quit the game. I mean, people are still quitting ranked games, um, bless their hearts in the middle and just leaving. Uh, but for the most part, people are not going to quit ranked games. You're not going to have bots. You're not going to have any of that nonsense. It's just going to be the game and then you're done, you know, instead of like, are we going to have a full lobby? Are we going to have to play with bots? Things of that nature. Like, and I just don't care about my rank where I'm like, where if I'm playing bad, I'm worried about it going down. Like I'd rather just play the game and learn from whatever happens so that I can work on it in the future. That makes sense. Yeah, I think one thing, like especially with the way that the rank system works in Rocket League, is that like if you're playing ranked and you're consistently sitting at a rank, and even if you're kind of just playing mindlessly, you end up sitting around that same kind of area. Um, if you've already gotten, like, I've already gotten my champ rewards, so now unless I get grand champ, it really doesn't matter what happens in ranked. Um. Mm which isn't probably isn't the most like it's definitely not the most competitive mindset but it's kind of uh just the mindset that you end up getting with that you can an easy mindset to run into given the way that the ranked rewards structure is structured and how that works one thing i can say for casual games though is that i think casual mmr comes into that as well where like if you play more casually you get to a point where everyone in your like the people in my casual games are pretty similar to the people in my ranked games either way um and so i don't find that i have too much like personally i don't run into too many issues with bots leaving and stuff like that or bots yeah. leaving in too much mm-hmm. um, and i yeah. mean most of the bots are better than me in rocket league so it's still <laughs> competitive oh don't say that's, that that's not true <laughs> i'm better oh. than I'm better than bots for the most part. Yeah, you okay. you tell boomer. Uh. <laughs> so so if you let's let's talk about improving a little bit. If you were what is the one thing that you think that you would do if you could only do one thing in Rocket League for the next week that didn't include playing games, what would what would that be? That's a good question. That's a I'm, really good. I'm good at this. I don't know how specific that would. I like my answer would probably be practicing mechanics and free play. Okay, that's extremely generic. So I know. What, 
Um, practicing difficult mechanics. For example, uh, a couple weeks ago, one thing I was working on a lot of were breezy flicks. And I've gotten to the point where I can very consistently get the spin and make contact with the ball. Is okay. it a useful contact that throws the ball towards the net? Not not consistently. Do I get a scoop on the ball? Not consistently. Um, but I found that working on that kind of like very difficult mechanical um, mechanic uh, was a really good way to kind of work on my overall understanding of the car and the game. Because by practicing that flick for a couple hours, like, however many hours I did, I then found that if I went and just tried to throw a 45 flick in or even just carrying the ball, I had more control of it. And so when was I say, better? pardon me? Was it better? Like It was better, yes. Control? Yeah. Okay. Um, because like to be able to set up, for example, a breezy flick, you need the ball to be in a, you need to be going at precise speed and you need the ball to be in a specific part on your car or else it, it just won't work. And so then if you go from practicing that over and over to then trying to do a 45 flick or even just like a diagonal flick, which has a much larger room for error, it just, it becomes so much easier in comparison. Um, Can you break down all the different points that you have to line up for a breezy flick? Like really lay it all out for me. I'm not amazing at them, but I can give my best shot. I mean, so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Break down your thought process on how you've been working on them. For sure. How about that? Yeah. So usually I'll be doing this in free play. So I'll roll the ball back towards one of the goals so that I have as much of the field as possible to uh, work with, or I'll use Buckers Mud to throw the ball right on top of the car. It depends how I'm feeling. And I'll get the ball in the car, try to roll, drive forward with it. Um, the goal there is first of all, to get the ball, um, to smoothly sit on your car, similar to how, um, Randy was talking about, I guess on the podcast that came out just recently, uh, looking to aim to have no sparks on the car, uh, so that the ball is flat. Then you want the ball to be, let's say that we're doing, uh, breezy where we're air rolling left. Uh, which means that we're air steering right. Then I would want the ball on the left side of my car. Sorry, right side of my car. I need to be driving forward at a speed that's faster than uh, the max acceleration, but less than supersonic. Need the ball to be on the upper right side of my car once it's there and there's no uh sparks at all i would jump while already holding air roll left as well as air steer right i would hold that until my car is uh, um inverted 180 degrees and my roof the roof of my car is pointed directly towards the floor then i would let go of my air roll left <laughs> button and continue to hold the air steer button for another 180 degrees. And then I would backflip with a little bit of boost left and right, like here and there. That's mm -hmm. muscle memory. I don't know if that was, if that made sense in terms of a, no, an explanation, it, but 
No, it it does. I think the thing that I'm curious about is the thing that is interesting to me right now is the difference in between a player like Squishy or Flakes or Astral or somebody just completely bonkers that just can do those things and then players like me that have to like i have and once upon a time they figured it out right but now the mechanics for them are just they're just a known they're like they don't have to think about them so when a breezy flick comes up or you know like a double flip reset they just do these things that they know and then they happen and they might have to practice it a little bit but they're not necessarily breaking it down piece by piece they're just putting it all together and practicing it but then like for you working on breezy flicks or anybody working on anything there could be one little small thing about the whole process that isn't necess- that's throwing a cog in the entire thing so being able like when you're putting together an advanced mechanic being able to look at all the miniature mechanics that go along with it and thinking, okay, this is the one small thing that I'm doing wrong or not quite perfect. That's keeping me from this being as good as it can be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that makes some sense. For, uh, so like, the, I was going to say in the example of the breezy flick, um, I think the main things for me are timing with when I should be boosting and the exact position of the ball slash yeah. car speed which yeah like right now i'm working on something that i would say is just as i mean it's it's not as complex but it is more of a complex movement than what he makes it look like being able to air dribble the ball from the from on top of my car just wildly not, wild is the wrong word because i'm not i don't want it to be wild but like way up into the air, like Squishy Muffins can do in his 1v1 videos that leads to like an a bump after he gets it going towards the goal. Like I, I cannot, what I'm trying to figure out now is how to get the ball that high in the air so that I can follow with an air dribble. Um, yeah. And something there's some kind of disconnect there right now in terms of, how I'm double jumping or where I'm sometimes I can get it. And I have a couple recordings that I need to go back and look at slowly. So I can see like the exact location of the car with the ball to understand how I get that kind of a pop so that I can do it consistently. Cause it's by no means consistent right now uh, <laughs> so that I can get into that air dribble. So it's almost like, you looking at a breezy flick, like, yeah, you can get a little bit of a bump on the ball after all the spinning and the moving around is done, but it's not like powerful enough where you can beat somebody, you know, yeah, it's not a, a powerful enough means. shot. Like, so being able to break it down, like, okay, I'm getting there, but where's the disconnect on the whole thing that will allow me to take it from this blob of a shot to something that, somebody would be like, oh my lord, that's amazing. Kind of thing. Yeah. 
Like, do you know where that is for the, like what you're working on right now? Do you, you said it a little bit, but like, do you have an idea of the adjustments that you think you have to make to really take it to the next level? I think it's just, I think it's mostly fine tuning of the ball, like fine tuning of all the variables at the moment. Like they're, they're crudely there. They're in the general area that they need to be. But at this point, fine tuning everything from the car speed ball position um, and timing and boosting. I think it like it's getting to the point where it's the fine tuning. And if you mm-hmm. look at people who are really good at all those mechanics, and I'm going to take Flakes in, as an example because uh, I have watched a lot of his streams, and for one, I know that he's really good at Breezy Flakes, uh, or pretty consistent. He just pulls them out. I don't understand it. And like on stream, just between games and free play, he would just sit there and literally over and over, every between every game, just throw the ball on his car, do a breezy flick, turn around, throw a car ball on his car, do a breezy flick over and over to the point yeah. that it becomes second nature. And while it's not as advanced of a mechanic, um, like I've spent a bunch of time working on flicks. So my 45 flicks are generally pretty clean. Um, and like with those, I can usually just pull that out in a game. Like I'm running middle, like full speed, go pull that out and throw it. And even playing with friends, uh, like I was playing with a friend who just hit GC for the first time last season uh, the other day, and he's looking at that. He's looking at that. I just want to learn to do that. Why can't I do that? Um, Meanwhile, I look at him in the air. I'm like, please let me. Why why am I not hitting the air fast enough? Probably hesitation, as we talked about. But like, I think it comes into time practice as well, where I just, at least for something like the Breezy, I haven't spent enough time fine-tuning it. I think that answers the question. Um, But to go back to the main question you were asking in terms of what to practice, I think hard, like advanced mechanics, like the breezy flick messing around with, um, I've been trying to set up musty shots off the ceiling lately, which is such a useless skill, but the car, the car control to try to set that up is so weird. Um, or at least it was for me at first, setting up the air roll to be able to set yourself up into starting a backflip to backflip uh, in order to get oh, the scoop sure, sure. on the ball. Um, like this, the ceiling shot musty flick. Correct. Yeah. And trying to get that figured out, like I found I was so, I'd be so focused on trying to set the car up that I'd forget to boost and then I'm too far from the ball. And then anyway, so... That was another thing I've been trying to mess around with. So I'm, I'm curious, give me your thoughts on this because this is something that I've been thinking about as well. Uh, Cause I, I spent some time working on flip resets. I spent some time working on ceiling shots and my car control is fine. Like it's okay, but it's nothing to like be super impressed by. Um, in terms of how I feel about the game, uh, and I, I don't want to diminish myself. And yet I feel like, especially now there's more that I need to work on than ever before, which is both, uh, kind of ensuring, like I feel okay about it. And at the same time, frustrating 
because I've already spent so much time in this game. Um, my question <laughs> is agree. this. Like, do you, do you feel it is truly advantageous to be working on the, and let me, let me be straight about this. Like, this is a genuine curiosity. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus by you working on these or like take you to court for working on these advanced mechanics. Like, this is a game you do you, if it makes you happy, that's great. Like no judgment whatsoever. It's purely just something that I've been thinking about and I don't want to put my thoughts on you or like say this is the way that it has to be done i just want to try and make that as clear as possible uh so if you're out there listening to this podcast do whatever makes you happy i'm just thinking about in terms of i guess i'm i'm thinking about in terms of getting to a place where i can get to 1550 or 1515 whatever it would take for me to get to gc um not that I'm chasing GC uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, let me put it this way. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the things that are going to help me improve from where I'm at right now to continue to move forward. And I feel like I don't even have basic abilities of ball control, car control down that is it really beneficial to be working on things like ceiling shots, breezy flicks, flip resets, things of that nature based on where I'm at. So like, do you, do you see, uh, your, your game improving working on those mechanics? Uh, or do you feel like if you could like watch some replay replays, really break down things that you see that there are more rudimentary things or elementary things that you could, hunker down on to improve uh, a little bit more uh, efficiently or consistently. Yeah. Well, I think kind of the reason that I said that I'd choose to look for um, practicing some of those mechanics is because I find that to be a fun thing to do. And if I had some time, I think they, you're going to improve the most when you're having fun. Um, sure. That being said, like, I think players like, uh, I mean, Johnny Boy's done a lot, talked a lot about it as much as uh, the subpar boys, um, showing that, or even John Sandman, like, you don't need crazy mechanics to hit GC and to rank up. You just need consistency in reading the ball. So, with that uh, in mind, I think watching replays is probably a pretty safe way to look to look forward and find the small, minute things that you're doing wrong. Um, if you're prepared to, like, if depending how deep you want to go into the replay, I think where you can get advantages working on sometimes complex mechanics is that it kind of can help to fine tune some of your simpler mechanics. Um, as I was talking about with the flicks, where messing around with a breezy flick, I found my general ground flicks were more consistent. Mm. Um, but that's not something I'm going to pull out in a ranked game. And like, that's not going to win me in overtime. I think that looking I mean, over replays. Eventually it could. Eventually it could, but I don't think like if I'm in a scenario where 
not any better. It's than overtime in a twos game. Point. There's no reason for me to go for that breezy and use that extra boost <laughs> and give myself a longer recovery than I need to when yeah. I could just 45. I could just do a diagonal flick. I could just drop the ball in low 50. There's so many other options that keep me safe and on the ground, um, or at least don't put my car backwards and in the middle of a flip and um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So is there stuff that you can learn through, like, is there improvement to be had through working on mechanics? Yes. Is it the most efficient form of improvement? Probably not. But is it, can it be fun and can that be good for you? Yes. Does that make sense? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you if you had to work on one of the basics of Rocket League right now, what would you consider the basic to be and what would you work on? Ground shots. Getting power on the ball. Just ground shots hopping into like a Poquito's ground shot pack and just hitting every single one ball top left, one ball top right. Um, I love that. I'd that... say that's the fundamental basic thing for me that pack has helped me so much it's so i love that pack just and there's something to be said about being able to just blast the ball consistently so much like it it changes the game and and knowing how to hit the ball to a different part of the goal over like completely underrated thing um i mean if you are any skill level under gc then that is a pack that you should be working on on a consistent basis i would i would even say if you are gc that's probably a pack you should work on on a consistent basis um sure like even i was watching a johnny boy video he might have honestly been talking about ground shots but the example he gave is if you watch some of Ocalid's 1v1 games, he absolutely pounds the ball into the net. And that's like against like the top 1v1 players. He's still hitting it so hard. And you even look at player other players at that level and you can see that his consistency with hitting that ball is higher, like is visibly higher than others, which means like even at the highest level, that fundamental basic mechanic can still improve which I find amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's bonkers. Not just how hard the pros hit the ball, but the consistency in which like they do it from every angle at all times. And that's what really separates, like, again, going back to aerials, like you said, and what I've been thinking about myself, like I still miss a good number of aerials like completely miss them. And I have been all, I've been all the way up to champ three twice. And I just kind of like touched it and then made my way back down to where I live. And <laughs> like, if there are those that I miss and then there are those that I go for and I touch and touch extremely poorly. But when a pro goes for an aerial, like they hit that ball, they know where they're going. One thing that I really realized 
very recently in terms of freestylers the and and just professional players like watching uh gimmick for instance jump into the air and i still think this to this day even going back to like the very beginnings of rocket league when it was just a basic aerial but watching gimmick now in a pro game jump up into the air and just start spinning like it's it's beautiful it's elegant and the reason that and then he hits the ball hard which makes me so angry that he can do that. Uh, but the thing that allows him to do that is he knows exactly where the ball is going. From the instant that it's hit, he knows where it's going. And that is the big thing that separates GCs and higher from GCs and lower. Like you said at the beginning of the show, like, a C1 is going to be feathering their boost because they're going to have to make minor adjustments. Like you're not going to see a C1. Well, some C1s can do it, but you're not going to see many champ ones, you know, spinning through the air at a ball because they might not really have an idea of where it's going. And they have to focus so much on making sure that they get there at the right time instead of just being able to go full bore at it plus putting a spin on top of that. And I say that going all the way back again to like that being one of the cornerstones of Rocket League is car control and understanding of the ball and being able to read the ball. Like you might not look at that as a basic of Rocket League. And if you don't know where the ball is going, like that's that's pretty basic. Like being able to understand where the ball is headed, how fast, and where the most effective place to meet it is going to be. Yeah. And that's like, one of my biggest weaknesses. Getting that like pre-read on the balls and seeing how quickly they can do stuff. Even, I don't know if you follow Justin's, if you follow Justin on his stream much or just his YouTube channel, which only has a couple of videos. Uh, but he recently put out a video where he was just playing some twos, um, something along the lines of just chilling twos. And watching him play, I don't. He's he's so fast. <laughs> yeah, like he is constantly supersonic and making his decisions off of like the smallest details. Even on a kickoff, um, he was in the diagonal spot, and so it's his kickoff to go for, and his teammates are back in the middle. When he went off for the kickoff, he just panned his camera to the right and just instantly knew, oh, okay, he's cheating. But like, just like even rewatching, like off of what I saw the teammate do, like I'm not sure if he's cheating or not, but he just knew if that makes sense. Like the teammate had just driven forward the smallest amount. And I would have checked if I, if it was me, I would have checked again to see if he starts to turn because I would have expected him to turn for a boost or something. But he just knew. He's just, I'm going. And I found that impressive all throughout the video. He's just so fast. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that, I mean, the recovery is good. The, the ball understanding is really good. The understanding of all the other cars is really good. Like part of that, I wonder how much of it is like just making guesses on what's happening. And then if it doesn't work out, just 
you know, making another quick decision and making that change, like That's doing true. what you have to do to change. Um, making the and, choice to actively make that decision is right. generally better than not making a decision at all. Like if is if you've made a decision, at least exactly. your decision is forcing some change in the play, which other people have to adjust to. And even if it's the wrong one, there has to be an adjustment. And then if you choose to make another decision, you're still adding on to that list of things that's happened. Whereas by if you're hesitating and I guess not making a decision, you're not actually influencing the play. Probably. Right. I mean, not making a decision is making a decision and that's it also is a, true. it's a bad, but it's a bad decision. Uh, not well, I the mean, only thing I'd say is sometimes so, not making a decision could be making the decision to wait or making the decision to be patient, which can be beneficial in some scenarios, like depending on the scenario. Yeah, it does. And I'm, I'm thinking about the different things that go along with that. Because again, going back to what I said earlier, like if you, if you wait it, it and okay so rocket league is obviously very gray but when i think about waiting there are a couple things that come to mind a when i wait i'm killing my momentum and i the more that i think about it the more momentum is important in rocket league so when you're waiting you kill your momentum and therefore you kill a lot of the effect, effectiveness that you could have to act quickly if you want to act quickly uh, on top of that, in terms of a faster paced, higher level game, your hesitation creates uh, uncertainty in the rest of your team as well. Like you're almost taking yourself out of the game a little bit because you are saying, this is the spot I'm in and I'm basically stuck right here now by waiting. So your teammate, teammate, Let's say like it should have been your turn to even make a challenge. Like there have been many times in games when I'm playing with my friends that are GC where I would hesitate, even though both of them are behind me. And so one of them would have to jump over me to make a challenge, which would then throw me off because I wouldn't want to double commit on that challenge. And then the next person behind me isn't necessarily sure where to go because is he going to hesitate again? Or is he going to go after the ball or what's happening? Is there a shot now? So like that hesitation and that waiting uh, throws a wrench into the entire kind of flow of your team's rotation, even though you feel like you are maybe making the right conservative move or allowing uh, something to evolve a little bit more. Does that make sense? It does. Um, but I do want to throw in, like, I think there's a, that I agree with that in terms of hesitation, but I think that there's a line between hesitation um, and the decision to be paid, like to be patient, because especially like if we're um, like, if you're the last man in both of your team and your teammates coming back in a two scenario, if like making the active decision to shadow and be be patient and wait for that is generally the better option because if you just dive in 
even if it turns into a 50, they have a teammate behind them and you don't. So as opposed to hesitation, that's the, like it's an active uh, choice to wait or shadow. I feel like hesitation is not a productive word, but like in, in like the world of the third man where your job is to delay, I guess, like playing more conservatively or something to that effect is more beneficial to your team than rushing in guns a blazing. One thing I I wanted, go ahead. Uh, No, you go first. You're all right. That's all right. Well, I, I honestly, I think I just wanted to reiterate um, for people that are around our skill level or especially people that are below diamond, plat, gold, anywhere in there, uh, I would certainly um, advocate for not in... Again, you know, there are lots of players that will say, go play ones, uh, play more ones. And I think one thing maybe you could spend a couple minutes on just in terms of uh, the podcast before we finish up is maybe some benefits of playing ones for you and also how you manage emotionally and mentally to play ones. Because uh, I think that is something that everybody not everybody because there are a good number of consistent one players, but just your average three players, how to uh, be happier playing something like ones. But anyways, um, if you do not, if you are of any skill level where you do not consistently challenge the ball immediately, whenever you are the first person, like do not, do not wait for the play to come to you. Now, if you see one of your teammates actively challenging the ball, like, and this is where awareness becomes so important and powerful in Rocket League. If you see one of your teammates challenging the ball, be ready to adjust to whatever happens. But if you see both of your teammates heading back towards your goal, or you know that nobody's in front of you, go after the ball because that will allow your teammate to do something else. Like you don't want to just let your opponents have possession of the ball because then they can set up a shot. They can get a pass. They bring the ball closer to your net, which makes it a lot easier to score on your net than if it is farther away. Yeah. And rotate back. Don't cut into the middle of the field and try to challenge from there because you're just going to pinch it towards your net. Rotate around. Let your teammates do things. And part of letting your teammates do things is challenging and not waiting in the net. Yeah. If at any point you have two teammates behind you, you're you're you should be either challenging like challenging the ball, fake challenging the ball, or getting at that ball and or in threes challenging the ball. Yes. Um, going going towards but the ball. But doing don't something that forces them to it. do something. Yes. Basically yes. force the opponent to do something and don't just give them free reign over. Make them make the a ball. decision. Yeah. Um in terms of what you were saying for how to go about playing ones, uh I don't know if I mentioned it, but I do like my peak was C one D div three, I think, in ones. 
And I found that initially I gravitated towards ones because I had another friend I started playing with that liked it as well and found that um, at least at the lower ranks, it was a way to avoid having to deal with teammates because then I just have to deal with myself and I'm okay with that. Um, Mm. And I think playing ones, the main thing to keep in mind is that like you're constantly trying to improve um, and that it is the best, the easiest place to learn general awareness about how you can just watch the other player and see how what they do, like where their position is leads to what opportunities they can use on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, because in ones, you have no excuse to not know where your opponent is. There's literally only one person to keep track of. And so if you know where they are and you know which direction they're going, you can always make your, and you have the ball, you can always make a choice that makes things hard for them. So the main thing one's teaches is how to make, uh, how to keep control of the ball and how to play safe, I guess. Yeah. Um, and one thing that shock said when he was on the show, we, we chatted about Dapper very briefly. Cause I asked him like, why is he so good? How is he so good at ones? And shock said that what Dapper says about his ones ability is he knows exactly what he can get away with. Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, I'd take it one step further than that as well, is that Dapper probably knows exactly what he can get away with, and he probably has a very good idea what his opponent can get away with in a given scenario, and that is what's going to lead to his positioning. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the main things that I think ones can teach you. Um, Another thing I find is just like going into ones games or just the game in general with a, like, a mindset of improvement. Like I'm the kind of person that people get mad at, especially in ones for watching the replay. Like if I get scored on, I want to see what happened. I'm not going to skip it. I don't care if they just boomed it from their half. I want to see what happened. I just want to think at least take that second to reset. Think, okay, well he can, I know he can do that now. I guess I won't let him do that again. And then I go Mm -hmm. next time I go in, I don't let him have that opportunity. Right. Um, so I'd, I'd say the number one thing that people don't do with ones is go in with that, like figure out why it's not working as opposed to just running in and trying to boom the ball every time missing the ball goes off the crossbar. They score the open net and then just getting that. Yeah. Oh, it all comes sucks. down to, <laughs> it all comes down to going for that first shot and being open to, like being open to the possibility of missing, I guess. How do you uh, not get really angry playing ones? I don't know. Um, well, you did it, right? Like, what, yeah, what, but what kept you coming back? Because I like knowing that I, I liked the feeling of okay, this is me against him. There's no outside. Um, like, it's it's almost like the opposite of of what people hate. Like, it's almost the reason people hate ones, but I like it, is that I don't have to, like, depend on anyone else. I'm doing this myself. I can go in. If I win, it's me. If I lose, it's me. And 
I like that if I lose a if I win a game, I can take um, pride in the fact that like I won that game, I did that well. And if I lose, I can say, okay, I did this wrong. Oh, I can work on this. If I do this better next time, I can win. Um, I also like that in ones you end up playing the same, like you might play the same person a bunch of times and then it turns into a series and that can be fun because mm-hmm. you can learn their play style. And then like you might lose the first game, you might lose the first two games, but then if you figure out kind of how they're scoring on you, you can come back and win the next four. Yeah. And yeah. I hope that I think, kind of answered answer. No, I think I think the personal responsibility part of it is huge. Yeah, and I think it can be both a motivator and a demotivator depending on the type of person you are. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I want more people to be okay with it. <laughs> I, uh, personally, I would I would love to see more people um, be attracted to things like that uh or be okay with something like that like it's gotten to me at least for ones even when i'm getting destroyed by somebody which still happens especially when i haven't played for a while uh in ones and i'm making poor decisions is it's it's i don't even look at it as being uh about the game anymore like it's it's point to point (laughs) Like if, if somebody's beating me seven to three and they just scored a kickoff goal, well, that point is over. That kickoff is over. The whole game is over. All I have is this kickoff that's coming up. What am I going to do differently right now that I might be able to score one goal on this guy? And even in threes, if I'm getting blown out 4-0 and my team just can't get it together, I'm I'm I am now that guy that is not going to forfeit and think to myself, what am I going to do to bring this ragtag group of goofballs together so that we can score on this team that obviously has something that we don't? What can I do differently? What can I do better? How can I improve myself right now so that we can score a goal on this team? What is what do we need as a group of three to score on this other group of three and usually somebody quits and then all all of a sudden it turns in okay what can i do with this one other guy so that we can score on this group that obviously is playing more effectively in some way than us Uh, and it's it's just like a point by point thing it's not about the entire game because at the end of the day this one game doesn't matter like what it's about is playing to the best of my ability and then going back and looking at that game or looking at the last 10 games and thinking, okay, what can I improve? What did I do poorly that I can take back to free play training workshop maps so I can work on that to get better so that the next time I go into a game, I do that effectively. And that's the, I mean, that's, that's how you improve. That's how you get better at rocket league. Um, and some people do that by grinding game after game after game. And some people do that in free play. Yeah. And I think that's, well, that's just one, like a part of mindset that I think ones players in general have that a lot of people in other playlists tend to not have 
is that understanding of, okay, like, this is what I can change. This is what we're going to do. Don't like focus on the things you can change. Don't focus on the things that you can't. And by work, figuring out what they're doing wrong or what they could do better and working towards improving that, um, they can get better at the game as a whole. I mean, look Mm -hmm. at the like world champions and I think six, at least 60% of them of like all the people who've been champions are, were at some point top ones players. Yeah. Which is impressive. That is just, they get so work ethic, I guess that goes in with Mm -hmm. ones players. And um, I think sometimes uh, one, I can't remember if it's tiger woods, but some professional golfer, has this rule with themselves that they have seven steps to get over a shot. Like if they hit a bad shot, you know, obviously you do a lot of walking in golf. <laughs> so you hit a bad shot, you have seven steps to pout and be angry and sad about what just happened. And then you move on because yeah, you have so another good. shot coming up. And if you carry that bad shot into the next shot, that shot is going to be bad. And that's why it's so important to not get tilted and not get angry. Because if you carry the last game into the next game, well, then you're already, well, the last game, if it's bad and frustrating into the next game, then you, I mean, you're basically already starting yourself off at a disadvantage. Yeah, I really like that mindset. That's, I haven't heard of that in terms of the, golf but that's that's a really good way to think about that yeah I like that. it's called like the seven step rule pretty <laughs> straightforward fair enough yeah yeah and that's why it's so important to look at rocket league as a goal by goal kind of game like so you made a mistake and they scored that was that was literally that part of the game there's nothing you can do about it now like you said it's out of your control all you can do is try and do something differently or better this time around to score a goal or not get scored on. Yeah. Speaking of doing, go ahead. um, Well, I was going to say, speaking of doing things differently, um, what are your thoughts on the heat seeker mode? But that's a somewhat thought change in. No, that's fine. I love heat seeker. Heatseeker has been tons of fun in terms, especially for somebody that wants to work on reading the ball, especially at like a fast pace. Heatseeker has been fantastic. And it's like, as much as I love rocket league, uh, it's also nice to just have a change of pace, something different to do. Like I'm not bored of rocket league. I'm not tired of rocket league by any means. Uh, but to have something different to do, that's, fun and a change of pace and you know adds a a little bit of a flair into the game and again like this is why things like what lethemir is doing are so cool uh and just seeing the bland i mean rocket league and i don't mean this negatively is a pretty bland game like it's soccer you hit a you hit the ball around at its core it's very basic right but when you give these different attributes to it that people can experiment with and do different things, and when you add a little spice every now and then, 
there's a lot of potential there. Um, so that is a very long winded answer <laughs> to say it's been a lot of fun and I enjoy it. What about you? Um, yeah, that's awesome. I had very similar thoughts. I thought it was, I think it's super fun. And I think that adding new modes and new kind of mutator feels like that, um, like they have with this mode gives, gives an opening to, for so much like new thought about the game. Um, I know for the, like, just for the first, uh, however many games on the first, like the first day it came out, I was playing with some friends and we were just, we just spent every game trying to figure out what the best kickoff strat would be. Cause at that point you have a wall, it's a brand new kickoff. It doesn't matter if you're DC or if you're bronze, this is something you've never seen before. And we had so much fun just playing around like, Hmm, is it better to have one person sit behind the ball and one person kind of pinches it into him? Is it better to pass it backwards and have someone else hit it to shoot it at your own goal? Because you literally can't score on the kickoff and then have that ball come around and get a hit on it. Or yeah, it's been so much fun. Then even just the meta, like, is it better to have someone go up and demo? Is it better to have people in the midfield? If they're demoing, then do you need two people back? Then it it was so much fun just talking about the meta with that. Yeah. And, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I uh, I queued with a couple of friends and we ran into Thunder, who is an RLRS player or used to be. I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to the rival series, to be honest. And Jay Wismont, who is a yeah. former RLCS player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a struggle, to say the least. Like that Thunder was basically so just... Cool somehow flying around reading the ball in our half doing all these redirects and like Mertzi has been posting clips of him you know going from his goal going off the side of the goal freestyling all the way over to their side and getting these ridiculous redirects like i mean it it's it's a fun mode it's it's definitely a fun mode and even i mean even twitter likes it I mean, come on. If Twitter likes it, it's something good. That's all there is to say about it. Like, if the internet as a whole is saying you should make this a permanent mode, then you definitely hit. Like, I think people like Spike Rush. I think that that the reception of Heatseeker has been a lot even better (laughs) than Spike Rush. Do you think you like Heatseeker better than Spike Rush in that in that case? Um, I think I like Heatseeker more because my friends like Heatseeker more. Like they will play it. They're not enthused about playing Spike Rush. But I enjoy playing Spike Rush. Like I think it's fun, it's different, it's enjoyable. But th- there's something about I don't I don't know what it is that people at least my group of friends don't necessarily like Spike Rush. I've never ask them but i'm like hey let's play some spike rush and they're like how about not and they'll just play normal rocket league but every day in my discord you know i have one friend that you know he enjoys playing rocket league because we all play rocket league but it's been like hey you guys ready for some more heat heat seeker you guys ready for some more heat seeker um very enthusiastic so i and you know it's been tens of thousands of people playing it every day so I think it's it's definitely been a home run and I hope I hope to see them try more things. And even if it's a dud, like at least they're trying things. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just trying things is the best way. Is is good for sure. And I, I love well, that it uh I I was just gonna say I love that it brings in uh new mechanics and just forces you to think differently about the game because critical yeah. thinking is good. Critical thinking is good. I <laughs> I think that is is a very good statement and one that you would not think that normally goes with a video game. But uh, uh, I definitely yeah. agree with you. Um, and speaking of critical thinking, I'm going to ask you to do a little critical thinking and, and give the folks at home some, some final thoughts for the episode. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, I guess all I want to say is uh, I think this was a really fun conversation. I hope that it was interesting from home. Thanks again, Tom, for having me on. Um, this has been really awesome. And yeah, everyone, don't be afraid to critically think. It it can be fun. Um, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. It can even got. be good for Rocket League, believe it or not. Uh, truth uh nice so and of course my pleasure having you on it's it's been enjoyable i appreciate you taking the time and and joining me um so yeah the pleasure is all mine where can people find you on the internet um well one place that you can definitely find me is on the infinite boost discord server i'm there all the time um, if you ever see Which me around, don't Tom be afraid Discord to say hello. Server. It is also the Tom Discord server. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I am at the moment. Um, I'm also all around the ASAP Weekly Discord server. Shout out to ASAP Weekly Podcast. Uh, yeah, that's probably where I'm found. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you listen to that one after you listen to mine. <laughs> priority. This is my show. I get priority. Uh understandable Uh, but yeah shout out to those guys they're great as well um not even on not on twitter no i'm not on twitter unfortunately it's 2020 Uh, it's possible but i waste so much time on so many other things that i haven't brought myself to to join the twitter that's fair that's fair (sighs) not that it's 2020 or anything all right and um this is something that I want to start doing and I forgot, but I'll let you do it now. Question of the show last week was what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of one V ones? Yeah. From King Ranny. So what do you, what do you think when you think one V ones? My answer for that one is probably like, I think it's going to have to be Johnny boy is the first thing that comes to mind. If you mention one V ones, but next from that, it would be um, consistency, focus, and awareness would be the words that come to mind. Um, primarily consistency. And that's mostly just because, at least from a 1v1 standpoint, uh, Johnny Boy's done so much for the 1v1 scene. Um, yeah. And then in terms of the gameplay, consistency is key. Um, if, if you can't consistently get the hits on the ball and you're not making high consistency shots, then you're probably not going to win. Nice. Very good. And last but not least, what is your question for the audience? 
Yeah, I thought about this a little bit, and I think mine is going to have to be, it might be on the generic side, but what brings you the most fun in the game? Um, Like, or what, rather, what do you do to keep the game fun? Mm. Um, I think that yeah. is such a better question. Not, no offense to your first question. <laughs> But yeah, I think with how many hours people sink into this game, how much time people sink into this game and how grindy it can be, just remembering to let it be fun at the same time is so important. Yeah. Um, nice. That's a great question. Thank you. And awesome. uh, it has been a great conversation. So again, thank you so much for uh, joining me. Uh, it was a real treat as always. And uh, I will look forward to seeing you in some uh, roulette league sometime in the near future. I'm excited. Hopefully we can get some going. Thanks, Tom. Yes, definitely. All right, Elise, thank you again. And uh, per usual, thank you for the boost.